1: Struck behind never-ending windows All you need is a door Searching for something To put a smile back on your face Just remember in unusual times It can come from an unusual place You need a partner for the ride Cause everybody needs a climb So set your worries to the side Shit 90 Shows Taught Me was not filmed before a live studio
2: audience. Welcome
3: back to Shit 90 Shows Taught Me. I'm Jess Sterling, here with my co-host, Sarah Ferguson. Sarah, how are you?
2: Jessica, want to play a game? Oh, God. What is this, saw? (laughs) Saw? A <laughs> D- different movie, I'm but terrified. probably the same amount of terror. Honestly, watching
3: this back, I was like, this should be PG thirteen. Like, where do you get off putting this as PG? There were some things that like re-triggered old like trauma for my child. The-,
2: the funniest thing is that like I love going back and watching old interviews from like the cast from like yeah. this movie's from nineteen ninety five. So I went back and was watching like kirsten dunst interviews from 1995 and like you can tell the producers were like kirsten if you say this movie's scary we're gonna dock your pay you little so she was like (laughs) she's like this movie's not scary at all this movie's an adventure movie and then she's like and then like but the freaking giant lions behind her and she's just like i hate this thing
3: yeah Yeah, we'll get into all of it But of course we're here talking Jumanji from 1995 uh, Second runner, I guess runner-up in our poll that we did for Robin Williams uh, Appreciation Month here in October And we're not alone, of course We are joined by the wonderful, the amazing Naomi Calhoun Naomi, how are you? Um, I just want to
0: say that Roger Ebert agrees with you. This movie should have been P13. And he says so in his review in 1995. And also, Flubber was robbed. Thank you for having me. I'm (laughs) so excited to be here.
3: Listen, I agree with you. I really wanted to cover Flubber. I was like, I don't know why I thought that it would beat Jumanji when we created the poll. I guess I just wasn't expecting so many people to have, like, nostalgia for Jumanji. We all knew Mrs. Doubtfire was going to do well. Yeah. Um, But that's the weird thing is, like, Jumanji to me does not feel even though Robin Williams is in it it doesn't feel like a Robin Williams film right like it doesn't Mm. feel like quirky funny improvisational like in the way that like a Mrs. Doubtfire
0: does Mm Mm-hmm Oh, yeah. There's very little Robin Williams popping on screen as I think you would expect him, even in like Aladdin, where he's literally never on camera because it's animated. He's yes. It's more of a Robin Williams movie than this movie, as I would say.
3: Yeah, no, completely agree. Sarah, what do you think?
2: Um, I think that... I associate this movie with Robin Williams because I I, because I used to watch it for Robin Williams, you Mm -hmm. know, I wasn't I it wasn't quite bring it on days. So like I wasn't like standing Kirsten Dunst quite yet. Um, Right. Yeah. She's a little too young right now for that. Right. So, yeah, no, like I definitely I mean, I really loved Jumanji. Actually, my mom said it's like her favorite Robin Williams film, so that's probably why I watched it so much as a kid. It did win um, second place with thirty one point six percent of the poll. But you're right; like this movie is like not like ha ha funny. And um, in another old interview that I watched, Robin Williams was like, this is the closest thing you're going to ever see me in an action film. (laughs) Like, I am not going to be like running anywhere. Like, I'm not going to be like jumping from building to building. But this is the closest you're going to get. So if this is like genre breaking for Robin Williams, then I guess I'm all in.
3: Yeah this to me is definitely more of an action film Like it's supposed to be like a children's action film We'll get into whether we actually think it's like made Mm. for children (laughs) and some of the like themes and some of the things that happen there's a lot of gun violence and and other things that are really actually scary um but let's let's jump right in let's talk a little bit about the cast here we talked a little bit about robin williams um naomi why don't you talk to us you know you didn't get a chance to weigh in on mrs doubtfire um were you obsessed with robin williams like everybody else was in the 90s
0: I I always enjoy a Robin Williams flick. Like, do not get me wrong, but there's something about him that everybody else loves. I, I love Robin Williams as an actor, but, like, it, it. I didn't watch his movies obsessively as a kid. It wasn't, like, something I was begging my mom to put on the TV all the time. But if Mrs. Doubtfire was, like, on ABC Family, I would leave it on, you know? Like, we'll watch it. Aladdin is a great movie, and I think partially because Robin Williams is so talented. But, it, hmm... I I can't even think right now, off the top of my head, what is my Robin Williams movie? And Mm -hmm. I guess I will have to come back to it uh, because to me, I'm like, I don't know, I don't Is it Aladdin? But that doesn't feel right. Um, But this movie was always like, I had like the Jumanji book as a kid. So I like thought about Jumanji a lot and I thought I understood this movie and I thought I knew what I was getting into when I watched this movie, but I was dead wrong, huh? This movie is wild in a way that I didn't expect it to be. You're right, it is like an adventure movie, um, more so than anything Rob Williams has ever done, and, and a lot scarier than I think anybody anticipated when they said, oh, make it a Jumanji movie. Mm-hmm.
2: Do you recall the book at all? Did it have anything to do with a game, or was it just like um, exotic animals running a town?
0: So I'm pretty sure, and I'm going to Google this while this is happening. So Jumanji was written by, if I'm not mistaken, the guy who also wrote The Polar Express, Chris Van Allsburg. Oh. And it's um, it's like a picture book. So the the imagery is really meant to be like zoo animals or jungle animals in your home and I think it's that sort of interesting juxtaposition but yeah it's basically um a jungle adventure game that they the kids come across Judy and Peter and it says they find a warning message do not begin unless you intend to finish so I think it's mostly just supposed to be about like you know hey don't just start things that you're not going to finish, kids. And uh, <laughs> then they decided to say, or you'll be trapped in the jungle for 20 something years. It yeah. really went off in the movie. But yeah, it is it is a really beautiful book. Uh Kristen Osberg also wrote Zathura, which is like the sequel that they made. Um, and it is a fun kids book, I would say. Like if you had kids and you were like, should I get the Jumanji book? Yeah, go ahead.
2: Hmm, lovely. <laughs> lovely. I, I probably could have Use that lesson when I was a child. Make sure you finish things that you start. Cause I finished about nothing that I started yeah. as a child and
3: right. moral of the story for children. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I totally agree that like this. I mean, I, I actually never read the book Um but I feel like they definitely amped up the intensity and the suspense in the movie because it is I don't know why in my head I guess anytime I see Robin Williams in a film I just assume it's comedy and so I remember Jumanji being a comedy but going back and watching it I was like this is not a comedy like there's not a ton of funny moments really it's very intense um yeah
2: yeah, sorry. I feel like David Allegreer was the comedy. Like he mm-hmm. what so who played um Carl Carl. Um mm-hmm. he was the funniest character. So I felt as though like he was like the comic relief in a way. But no, it wasn't like that like haha funny. But it was more like little like side remarks that were like you that you chuckle at, mm-hmm. right? Yeah,
3: no, I totally agree. He he was like, the stuff with his car was very funny, right? Like, I think the monkeys also were supposed to be very funny. But they read to me more like like Wizard of Oz monkeys, like kind of terrifying.
0: Um, but <laughs> the whole movies, the CGI, oh my god. The CGI is so, so creepy and bad. Yeah. Like, I, I just have to say that everyone who's going to listen to this episode I, I did not like this movie and I think it's bad and you need to check your childhood memories at the door. This movie is not as good as you think it is. Oh my gosh. Because it's it's insane. There's so many different plot elements that you're like, wait a minute, this is a kid's movie? um you know bonnie hunt calls her therapist and is like hey i'm having a break like there's so many things that you're like wait a minute this is not for kids this is not for kids yeah. this is for adults and it's bad yeah the cgi being number one cgi is yeah. this
3: CGI movie. was really bad i think that like certain things were worse than others to me the monkeys were one of the worst moments of cgi as well as the um the quicksand floor looked <sighs> so awful um, and then they also did like a bit of like, I forget if it's called like practical effects. I'm not really sure, but like when they actually make like puppets and things, um, yes, and the, but yeah, that's
0: practical versus like digital, digital or yeah, something. Exactly. right?
3: So they had like the lion that looked to me, the to me, the lion was really awful too. Like the puppet lion, I think the plants, like the, the devil's snare, I don't know. I, I know it from like Harry Potter. I don't know what it's called in this, but like all the, the vines, those I thought looked okay. Um, it was just yeah, some, that, that was some the best
0: it. looking element of the whole Thing but then the spiders just kind of looked like They were made out of wax and Yeah, like- they,
3: they, The way that the spiders moved Was like they like plopped them up And down their legs really didn't do Anything but like I could See being a kid in the 90s when Obviously CGI was not what it is Now That being very scary Right like a lot of I feel like any fear That you have is addressed in this Film right are you afraid of spiders Mm -hmm. We've got it monkeys and lions We've got both people shooting at you With guns got that too Like (laughs) there's everything that you need For a nightmare
0: involved in this movie Yes correct this is all nightmare fuel And I would love if there were like listeners Out there who had nightmares based on this movie And if they could write in and tell us about those Nightmares
3: (laughs) (laughs) Sarah this movie Uh sparked I'm almost positive it was This movie that I, I don't know As a child, I really thought I would
2: encounter quicksand more than I have as an adult. Yeah. I feel like this
3: movie is partly to blame for that.
2: Yeah. This movie aided in the millennial fear of quicksand Mm -hmm. that we (laughs) all have ingrained of it. it Because it was movies like this where we just thought that we were going to counter quicksand so much more than we actually did. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I I agree. I feel like the worst bit of the CGI was the monkeys. I didn't have a problem with, like, anything else besides the monkeys, to be honest. And in terms of fear, I mean, this movie as a child scared me so much that when I got the Jumanji board game, which they did distribute, like, they made one, like, Hasbro had it, I was too afraid to play the... Uh, home version of Jumanji. It was left unplayed because I, I don't fuck with any of this shit. I'm not gonna <laughs> risk my life with Jumanji. I played a Ouija board more than I played a um, uh, Jumanji. So, uh, like, evidently, I welcome spirits and ghosts and demons into my life more so than rhinoceroses. And where's the logic in that? <laughs>
3: Yeah, we owned the game as well, and I remember playing it, but now that I'm thinking about it, it's like we're told specifically all throughout this movie, don't play this game. It's a horrific nightmare. And then they distribute Why? the game. <laughs> Why? What,
0: guy, what board exactly? <laughs> board game. I don't understand. Yeah, I
2: mean it's a beautiful board game. Let like let's talk about the board game itself, both in the movie and mm-hmm. in the like the one that you can buy. It is gorgeous. It is the cover is carved wood. The pieces are like made out of like authentic elephant tusk and onyx like um the middle console with the changing words i mean i don't remember if my actual board game from hasbro did that because you know i didn't touch that shit but the board game itself in the movie is gorgeous um so it's very it's very inviting
3: Yeah, it looks great, but, like, I mean, I think that, and I'm pretty sure that the real-life one that they played for the movie was, like, sold for, like, a bunch of money on eBay or something. But, like, Mm -hmm. yeah, of course, like, the ones that you bought from Hasbro weren't as nice as the one in the movie, but, like... The fact, I don't even, I still don't understand, like, how you win. Like, do you survive? Is that how you win the game? Like, why, what is the, why would you want to play the game? You roll the dice and your little pawns move and then horrible, like,
2: um what, like, plagues happen gotta, to you, right? Yeah, I gotta tell you, this, this made me realize when watching this, there are no stakes with Jumanji, Because at the end of the movie, after all that shit happens and the game's over, it's still reverted back to 1969. So it doesn't matter. Like, you can play this game and... Everything can be erased. What if you die, though? If you die. No, I don't think, I think the game protects you. I don't think you die. Oh, oh, I disagree. I think
0: the game's actively trying to murder people. (laughs) I don't know. Did you see see
2: how close that bullet was to their face? It doesn't matter. No one died. No one got hurt. So I feel like the game has no consequences. And even if somebody did get hurt, I think as long as you finish the game, everything goes back to the beginning and everything's left untouched can
3: you imagine if you had a game ongoing for like 50 years like we already saw what happened for like 20 something years but imagine if you took even longer to play this game like poor I feel like the honestly in my head I know Alan Parrish has a lot of trauma from what he experienced I almost feel like Sarah Whittle
0: had it worse <laughs> That's trauma she did uh, this is the absolute correct take of this movie is yeah. that Sarah had it worse and she suffered way more. And uh, first of all, has an abusive boyfriend at what, like 12? Yes. How old are they when this kid is beating up Alan Parrish yes. for being friends with his girlfriend? Like, what a already in a bad situation. Already a
2: toxic relationship so yeah. young. Poor Sarah.
0: Well, I was just going to say that I think that there is a theme to this movie, but it's buried so deep underneath all the bullshit lions and elephants running through the house that you miss it which is like the game is supposed to if you if you endure it and you finish it uh it lets you like rewrite your mistakes right alan gets to tell his daddy loves him and they get to save the lives of the parents of those two kids but then it's like that all that happens in like the last 10 minutes of the movie. Yeah. And the first, like, hour and 30 is just about, like, a bunch of, like, fucked up people playing a board game. Like, they're all so deeply traumatized.
2: They are. And they're
0: like, "Ah, I would rather get stung by a a bee, giant whatever mosquito thing than, like, continue living. I hate this world. It's really, like, quite fucked up, I have to say.
2: Yeah, like, and Sarah got completely gaslit because she comes out... (laughs) of like just being like swarmed like swarmed by bats. Yeah. And you know we don't fuck with bats in 2021. Um <laughs> oh. and then and then what happens is they're like Sarah like this never happened. Like you know, you obviously imagined it P- um, Alan is 100 dead, probably murdered by his dad and cut up into a million little pieces. None of this happened. Years and years and years and years of therapy, and still, like you know, when they confront her, they're like, "No, this is not true. Like I spent all this time in therapy. I it's a product of my imagination." Yeah. and they she literally said, her. "Like they literally <laughs> yes, oh yeah, they do." And the- but she literally <laughs> says that. Her life was ruined because of This yes, game exactly and then they Force her to play it again
3: Poor Sarah I would fucking Finish like that what you game. started I would light like that game on fire if I were Sarah like no fucking way no. am I touching Those dice not happening And poor like Alan he Tricks her because he's like fine give me the dice Moves his hand she drops the dice She's involved now and like Not only that but then by the end of the movie And I had forgotten that this was how it ended That like they wake up and they're You know kids again and I'm like That is so mentally fucked up To live 25 years of your life and then Be revered I don't want to go back to when I was fucking 12 that's really Really?
0: But you remember the whole yeah You
2: You can fix all the Fucking crappy shit oh Sarah you can go back 26 Years and erase all of your credit card Debt where you're spending all that money on soap (laughs) Because you were emotionally Disturbed and bought so much soap and Makeup in college Amazing, spectacular, bring me back now so I can remember everything. And my one fear about going back 25 years is like, oh, my gosh, like, how am I going to possibly find my dogs? Well, (laughs) if these motherfuckers can find um, Julia, Judy, and Peter's parents and find the kids, then I can damn well find my dogs. The weird
3: thing, though, is, okay, so... He, so Sarah and Alan remember Everything that happened in their 12 year old bodies right let's say they're 12 I don't know if they're 12 let's say they're 12 right What happens to the children They don't remember no, shit because anything. they're not born But that's fucked up Because then it's like and Why? then it's even creepier Because they like reach out to the parent. they basically Save their parents lives they don't get in the car Accident my question is the fuck Happens to their aunt
2: we don't Know
0: we have no yeah, but, idea what Oh yeah we don't that.
2: I mean, Naomi, did you think that that aunt was prepared to take care of two children anyway?
0: Oh, my God. That was, like, that was the funniest part of this movie is that, like, this aunt is just, like, I don't know. Can y'all get to school? All right. I'm out. I, like, <laughs> leaves. <laughs> I, I, know, I wrote in my notes something. Let me. <laughs> oh, oh, Just, just that, like, the kids are. the Okay. So, th- so the bat thing happens, right? They they yeah. move into the house, they get spooked by the bats, and then the bat guy is like, Yeah, I think some kid was uh murdered in this house. Uh anyways, have a good day at school, kids. It's <laughs> like, all right, you guys have to go to school now. It's like, why did you invite the bat guy over at like six in the morning? Yeah. And yeah. The kids go talk to him. So then the
2: kids go to school. Yeah, but then the kids go to school and they're like, Oh, you live in that old parish house? Did you know that somebody got murdered there and got yeah. cut up in a million pieces by Their dad and it's stored all over The house and the bones are probably hidden in The attic with like all their Possessions that are still in the house This
3: movie is like really fucked up for any Child to watch because not only so then Obviously Judy and Peter like their parents Are dead and they they died in a Car accident in Canada but Judy Is so mentally fucked that she Just makes up stories about how they Died to random strangers and Peter doesn't talk and it's like This is like actually realistic for Like Kids that are traumatized by their parents death Like that seems like a thing that could happen But like as a child Why the fuck am I watching this Like it's wild to me that this is like Really billed as like a children's movie When it actually probably shouldn't be Um and like Not I feel all. like I don't know I feel like the most likable character Is probably besides Sarah Who we all love because she's Thank poor you. Can, you, can you clip that <laughs> No <laughs> um we all love Sarah because she's so mentally fucked from like Um, her childhood and everything Yeah,
2: actually can you clip that that.
3: (laughs) (laughs) um but uh but yeah let's let's get into some of the cast that we've been discussing this whole time so um we obviously already chatted a little bit about Robin Williams let's talk about um Bonnie Hunt as Sarah Whittle I feel like she played this role pretty perfectly um just being someone who's like the only thing I'm Not huge fan of is like to me it feels A little bit damsel and distressy Um, I wish she was like A little bit more like take Charge than she is I feel like the Kids are more take charge than she is Even she's just kind of like get me The fuck out of here the entire time
2: I mean yeah But also she's working As a psychic So like I Don't know she has like other things to do Like that's such an interesting career choice For her
0: I just, I yeah, I feel like her being a psychic is such a hilarious pivot. But like, why didn't she move out of town? Yeah, why, why didn't she just decide to like leave? Also, a fun a fun fact is um, for all the musical theater kids out there that young Sarah is played by Laura Bell Bundy, aka L Woods from Legally League, 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 Blonde the musical. Yes, but oh, her yes. nose job so you can't recognize her until you like really look oh, at it. But yeah, she's that's a little, so little funny. Sarah is Laura but yeah Sarah's a great character but they really do reach this point where they've gotten all the trauma stuff and it is interesting as a character but then she only is good at like yelling and screaming and there's not a lot of personal growth for her because she doesn't really find a lot of initiative to roll the dice or like take on the right You know, if she's scared in the beginning, if this character is built on being scared and afraid of things, she needs to be courageous by the end. And I don't think she really reached that point. Um, She just felt kind of motherly, to the kids but then they're not their kids right? because then the parents are still alive so what the fuck kind of movie is this because then it's like all right we love these kids but they don't know who we are and they'll never know anything we ever did for them it's so creepy (laughs) it's
3: very creepy they're like we just want to hang around them so let's invite their parents over for christmas
2: (laughs) right he even went so far as hiring his dad their dad for the marketing for the shoe company
3: yeah and not only that, but they, like, I, I want to, I have, like, conspiracy theory that they just threw this Christmas party solely as a way to get oh, the children absolutely. over to them. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Oh Which
0: is creepier. It's even yeah. creepier. They're also, they also must have waited, because how old are the kids? Like, 12 and, like, 8 or it's something? It's 25 like, years that old. Is... 25 years later. Yeah. Right. They waited 12. So the kids, you feasibly could have got in there when the kids were, like, young yeah and like met them when they were like four or something like that to so be like oh we're we're family friends now but they were like no no we gotta wait until they're 12 years old we yeah. got we can't bring the identity <laughs> of this friendship yeah it's so crazy it is. we um, um
2: we actually just like this um bonnie hunt played chrissy's mother from now and then the what the yes. one that says like flowering in the garden? Oh, I
3: can't with that. Yes, yes, yeah. Oh gosh, yeah. You gotta water your tend to your garden or whatever. Yeah, that was so mm-hmm. creepy. Yeah, Bonnie Hunt is legendary. I mean, she is in so much. It would be impossible to name everything. You know, Monsters Inc. Bug. She does a lot of voice work as well, like Monsters Inc. Bugs Life. Um, I think she was like in a Cars. Uh, I remember yes, her most. Movies. From my childhood, from *Cheaper by the Dozen*, because I used to be wow, obsessed yes. with that movie.
0: Yeah, I, yeah. I said this. Uh, shout out to Felipe and our our movie podcast, but we covered Stuart Little, and I said that the hottest, uh, best fit, like pair, couple in a movie that I love is the Martin Bonnie Hunt relationship in *Cheaper by the Dozen*. I wish they were my parents. I love them very much. And they're a perfect pair. I love Bonnie Hunt and Keeper by the Dozen, and that's a perfect movie.
3: Yeah, no, it's a it's a really, and it's like, because that one was a remake, right? Like, there was another one way back in the day. And then that one was yeah. a remake of the the older one. But that movie was very good, and it had a lot of famous faces in it, too, actually. A lot of, like, the kids were, like, child stars. Um, but, yeah, Bonnie Hunt is legendary. I really like Sarah in this movie, Um, Let's get into talking about the children a little bit Obviously we gotta start with Kirsten Dunst as Judy Shepard Like this is so funny I feel like this is I don't know I really loved Kirsten Dunst in this movie I just felt like she embodied the like sassy adolescent Judy Who like loves to like gets off on lying to people (laughs) I I
2: just loved her yeah i think that the um she's a really really smart girl like she thinks quick on her feet she can pull out an accent and i think that kirsten duns plays this role beautifully i mean she was already an established actress by the time jumanji came around yep. with like doing little women interview with the vampire uh mm-hmm. tons of commercials tons of other stuff um Kiki's Delivery Service. She was already a voice actor at that point, and she's one of the like one of the you know child actors that like went into adulthood and was as successful, if not more successful, as an adult actor as she was as a child actor. Um, what's your uh, and of course, if we have to choose our favorite movie, I am like the. Bring it on, girl, because I love to <laughs> bring it on um, back in the day. Uh, I, I told the story once before, but I like to bring it on so much that as I was flipping through the channels once I came across, but I'm a cheerleader and thought it was bring it on and sat oh, no. through it for oh, a very no. long time before I realized <laughs> that it was not bring it on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what a great movie it was! <laughs>
2: oh, no, um, um, what do yeah. you think, Naomi? What's your favorite, uh, Kirsten Dunst flick?
0: Okay, well, Kirsten Dunst very important to me. Married to Jesse Plemons at this point, and and what a relationship that is, and I love it very deeply. I, I love bringing on as a kid. That was a uh, also another movie that was on TV a lot, especially like on E and MTV. I feel like they played mm. that movie a lot. Um, but I think for me. Uh, I watched Marie Antoinette a couple years ago mm. and I loved that movie. I'm like I it it slaps and people are mean people are sort of degrading on it but I think it's great. Kirsten Dunst great performance. My favorite Kristen Dunst movie is Fargo season 2. Um and that's not that's not a movie <laughs> but I maintain that it's Uh, one of her best performances today i think she's she's just a really great actress and i feel like people don't recognize it enough to see her so talented so young it's like
2: actually you know what like if i had to pick like i take it back like my one of my favorite movies of all time is um eternal sun sunshine of the spotless mind
0: Mind, yeah Mm -hmm. and
2: i love turn that movie um i just love that movie in general but Mm -hmm. and she's in that movie
3: Yeah, I think like the thing that I first think of, it's not my favorite Kirsten Dunst role, but the one I think of her most is uh, in like the Spider-Man movies as Mary Jane. Like, I don't think that's her best Mm -hmm. role, but that's like what I think of first. And then I would say second, I think of The Virgin Suicides, which she was also really good in um, when she was obviously really, really young. I think a lot of the reasons that she doesn't really get credit. For you know how good of an actress is Is because she is like a good looking Actress and so sometimes she does get Typecast in those like here's The like good looking teenager you know The blonde pretty teenager Um I didn't see bring it on until I Was like gosh I think in college Maybe even older (laughs) like I didn't See it for the longest time I didn't know that it was Like the thing um but I just think she was amazing in this movie I felt like she had the sass She had the snark She had everything you'd want in like what Like a 12 year old 10 year old I don't know how old she is Supposed to be in this movie But um, and she had the like Older sister role to Peter And I felt like she did a really good job Because they don't Unlike a lot of movies Where they have the siblings Kind of against each other They really are working together And helping each other And they have bonded after they've lost their parents um, so Peter Shepherd is played by Bradley Pierce. I don't know what else he has been in that I've seen. It looks like he does a lot of voice work. Yeah, um, yeah.
0: This is such a classic trope of like young male actors who never act again. Yeah, like, they just like they're they're cute little kids and then they like don't do nothing. Yeah. and there's every once in a while there's like a you know a, a Macaulay Culkin or like a, a Elijah Wood who sort of breaks out and does more, but like. You always go to like a page, and it's like, oh, this is actually like Oscar-winning actress or and then it's like, ah, and this little kid gave up, and like he writes movies now. Like, <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah, it looks like the last credit he has is from 2020 for like a short, but like a lot of these are either shorts, TV movies, video games is what he's doing. Apparently he was in the Wild Thornberries for a few episodes, um, which I love. He that uh, voiced Chip in Beauty and the Beast. Okay, so that's probably his ah. most well-known role beyond Jumanji. Um yeah, I thought he did a good job like as far as like child actors go. Like I thought he did a decent job. Um and apparently like that I mean, what's not a joke is putting on that much like the all those prosthetic um things that he had to wear when he was the monkey. Um first of all, terrifying. That scared me. I can't <laughs> imagine how hard it is to emote and act through all of the like prosthetics on your face um and the hair and all of that. Um, I thought he was cute I thought like to me Like obviously I thought Kirsten Dunst Was a little bit more memorable in this movie Because mostly what I remembered of Peter Was that he turns
2: into a, a monkey <laughs> A sad monkey that cries Cries a lot yeah
0: He needs room sad. for his tail and his pants mm-hmm. but Then he also bites somebody And that was cool <laughs> <laughs> I'm of
3: um so yeah, he was he was fine. Like as far as child actors go, he was fine. Um and then I guess next should we talk about Nora Shepherd, their aunt, played by and gosh I have no idea how to pronounce this. Is it BB? Is it BB Newworth? Yes. okay Okay, because it's spelled like
2: the Bebe, like how Moira <laughs> pronounces baby. <laughs> bebe, yeah. Um, uh cheers. Probably her most notable role
3: For me it is not And that is simply because I am obsessed With the movie How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days And oh, she yeah. plays The boss who's like Kind of an asshole um, But like you think she's a nice Lady and then she's like Really not um, She plays Lana in How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days And that's how I always remember her
0: She's, she's a very sort of 90s figure in a lot of ways, maybe even earlier, like because she's on Frasier and stuff like that. And so I feel like mm-hmm. she is somebody whose name I know, but like work I don't recognize or face I don't recognize, but her name I know. And she, I actually thought was pretty good in this movie, although very clearly was not should not have been put in charge of these children. Like this character <laughs> should not have these children in her uh, under her care.
2: I agree, but is she not just like a fashion icon though? No, she
3: oh yeah, is, best dress in the movie for sure. But very much, it's like, oh my, is it her brother? I think right, like she's related. It's either her brother or her sister was the parents of the kid, and she's like, oh, they died. All right, well, I guess there's no other family members around. I guess I'll take them in and buy this big house, and like just hope mm-hmm. that the space is enough to keep them away from me.
0: Like, yeah, <laughs> that's the
3: vibe I got.
2: Yeah, I I think that she was not um ready to take on you know two kids. But I think that she was kind of fabulous in, like, her own little way. Um, I loved her little beret. She had, like, fleur-de-lis earrings, like, fab. She probably used, like, a whole wing of the house as her closet.
3: Oh, 100%. Yeah, that is this bitch. That's what she does, yes. Um, And then we have, like, one other kind of main character, which is Bentley the cop, played by uh, David Allen Greer, um, he was really the comic relief Which is kind of funny considering Robin Williams Is in the main role of the film um, But he had the most like funny stuff Going on where like his poor cop like I mean I felt so bad for him When freaking young Alan Like destroys his cute sneaker I feel like they could have like Put it back together and at least Been like here look at this is like a prototype I can make another you know Like why well, it just Sis, shredded that thing like, was, like,
2: Shredded up that was a mess But those shoes were really cool like Chappelle would be like on the internet waiting to buy those shoes yes
3: they're on back order right now
0: (laughs) this is something that this i guess kind of this like highlights like my problem with the movie in a lot of ways is like so much of the stuff that is not just the jumanji game is so odd and offbeat like david allen greer in 1969 being like look at this shoe that looks like you know like a new reebok one and you're like it's 69 like it's not. Yeah. like i get that this joke is funny but like if these shoes are popular in like 80 90 like what the absolute f is this man on and then like yeah. okay we haven't even talked about how the opening is like two dudes in like the 1800s burying this box and be like god have mercy on the soul of whoever finds this <laughs> direction <game." laughs> yeah not 18 like what
2: the fuck not even a note on the box like, like do please open. don't open this yeah. this game is seriously dangerous like i tell i'm telling you and like old little like photographs of what yeah. like happened no 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 just like hey here's this box that is a gorgeous box inside the box it's a gorgeous game and BT dubs. That also makes heartbeat noises, They'll but just ignore it. Also, yeah. everything in this box is going to try to kill you. Yeah. The opening
3: was pretty funny and I remembered like young Alan. So obviously we go from like 1869 to 1969 and that's when we meet young Alan and we meet um young Bentley and he's working for Alan's father and he works like at the shoe factory and all of that stuff. Um, Yeah, but it doesn't – how did he make this prototype of this sneaker in the 60s when, like, there weren't shoes like that, to Naomi's point. Like, those shoes did not exist. Um, And then poor Bentley, like, his dreams are dashed. And because – all because of Alan, basically. Well, I guess if you want to blame Sarah, I guess it also is her fault because she gets Alan stuck in the game, which causes – Her mom and dad or his mom and dad to like lose it and basically go into like this huge depression, which they never really get out of on top of the fact that and they don't mention too much about this beyond in passing that like people think Alan's dad is the one who killed him, Um, but they don't really go into like, I mean... The fact that I'm surprised that the parents never Left town maybe they thought that he ran away And might come back and they didn't want to leave For fear of that but like they didn't really Talk about how like the rumors Of Alan's father being the one who killed Alan and like how that would have Affected him you know what I mean like it's kind Of wild that we get This whole thing and we don't really get to see Any of it
2: right yeah plus like the whole Parish dynasty died Along with it because His business went out of sale like they Spent all their money trying to like find their kid and like probably lawyers and all this stuff so like the house i mean i don't know why they like abandoned the house with all their stuff in it but
0: yeah well to um, be fair we never saw the shoes the shoes could have been ugly like they could have been true. really bad shoes and yeah. we just never would have seen them that's uh, true also, i you gotta give full blame on this for alan alan was a little shithead who put the shoe in the conveyor belt first of all you're 12 you should know how your dad's shop works especially if you're there every day hiding from bullies like (laughs) if you're a wimp and you're hiding in your dad's office you need to know how this factory works and you fucked up david allen greer's shoes you need to atone for that that's your fault and he doesn't and it's like what's wrong with you you little jerk um I do love that one of the first things he says when he comes out of, like when he comes back to nineteen sixty nine, is he apologizing. He's like, "I fucked up the shoe." <laughs> like, yeah, he's like, it's yeah, I did it.
3: Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then, poor Bentley is really one of the ones who's greatly affected as well because he loses his job
2: as a result, and so he has to work as a cop. Um, okay, which- hold on, but this is like an upgrade. Like, okay, do you want to work at like a shoe factory? Or as a laborer, do you want to be a cop? I mean, but I Like, feel like what his was his other career goal. path? His ultimate a goal
3: sh- was that he wanted to, like, design shoes. That's what it seemed Look, to, like. Look, he's
2: not going to be designing, like, Air Force Ones. Like, you know, he doesn't have, like, Michael Jordan's name to, like, back up and sell these shoes. I mean, it
3: could have happened for him. We don't know that. Like, I don't
2: know. I feel like. You don't think Alan's dad would I take a chance that- on him? I think a police officer is a more, I mean, and we can say whatever about police officers but i feel like a police officer <laughs> is a more stable job than like a a, a was was it a shoemaker
3: I guess I just well, and I seem I guess we do get the one scene where he's with the aunt and he's like, I've always wanted to do this and he like gets his gun off all like messed up and he like tries to kick in the door. Like it does seem like he's like, Okay, well, it seems like he enjoys his job at least a little bit before all shit breaks loose with these fucking stampines and shit and his car gets fucked. <laughs> um But like I still feel like his dream was to be a shoe designer. I so. don't know. Somebody
2: was like, Sarah, you're never gonna make it in the shoe industry. You're you're like a, you're, you're a disaster i'll be like okay like i'm okay then like i don't want to like be a shoemaker
0: do we get like a resolution to the carl plot am i just not remembering it like
2: he we- told his dad that he destroyed the shoes so i guess we should assume that he won't get fired well and then we don't know what happened after we that
3: don't right but- like- I remember there being something I'm gonna quickly look this up I remember seeing something in the trivia that like so this was released in 1995 but I guess in like some of the like DVDs or like the Blu-ray special DVDs or something um it said something about um like what happens to to Bentley i'm trying to look up and see yeah why didn't
2: he get invited to the here party? we go there
3: are in the 2017 reissued blu-ray features two never before seen deleted scenes which appear at the end um the first scene features carl as the new president of the shoe factory discussing a new shoe with alan and a co-worker and the second one shows an extended version of the christmas party where judy and peter open their presents in which they are getting a brand new pair of shoes named jumanji's and they open up the
0: other box, and it's the game Jumanji.
3: Surprise! Oh, no. yeah, surprise,
0: kids. You got to go back. No. I, I think that, again, this is, like, a, a, a big issue I have with the movie as a whole, is that, like, the narrative feels off, that we we spent all this time getting to know Bentley, like, this guy who was fired from Alan, like, by Alan's mistake, and, like, he's a good dude just trying his best to help Alan. And we don't get a resolution for him in the end. Like, yeah, there's... Right. The, even the kids don't really get resolutions because they don't remember anything. So there's all these weird sort of, like... And this brings me to my my main thesis, folks, which is uh, Jumanji, the, the remake with The Rock, and uh, actually more of a sequel with The Rock and Kevin Hart and Nick Jonas, is a better movie than this movie. Uh, it resolves all of its plot points. It has good CGI. Jack Black is very funny in it and uh overall it's a better movie than this movie and you can uh at me on that i will not listen to you
2: oh so like <laughs> i have not watched the sequel yet um so I, like maybe later on we can talk about like what that plot looks like but jess have you seen uh, like there's two sequels now right naomi
0: yeah yeah they made another. i haven't seen the other one but i saw jumanji i think it's called like welcome to the jungle because i had movie pass r.i.p to movie pass but i was like i'll go see whatever movie i want to go see and it was like let's go see jumanji
3: yeah welcome to the jungle was 2017 and then the next level was 2019 um yeah i mean i haven't seen either of those honestly i didn't even know there was a second one like a second new one yeah that was a surprise yeah i mean i usually what ends up happening with these types of things for me is like i don't want a new version to like tarnish the way i felt about the original so i rarely see those types of movies um but i don't know i think that like i don't know this this has some nostalgia value i suppose Um, but like there are some really scary moments in it Like mainly I'm thinking for children And so I feel like that kind of negates the nostalgia feeling for me Um, as well as like I just feel like if you're looking for I guess what I'm saying is If you're looking for a Robin Williams film to enjoy I don't think that this is the one you should pick Mm. Because this doesn't have him Doing the Robin Williams thing Which is like the improvisation and I guess That was like intentional that The director was very nervous about Hiring Robin Williams because they they Knew about his penchant for You know improvisation and his skill at improvisation And they really wanted him to stick to the script So he did and he only Improvised a little bit and Usually in scenes with like Bonnie Hunt Yeah Um, so I don't know Sarah like do you disagree with, with What I'm saying
2: I kind of do actually because I gotta tell you like uh, you know we just did our like rewatch of both well three three Robin Williams movies yeah Hook, Mrs Doubtfire and Jumanji those are the three that we've covered already please go to www 90 shitnindiespod dot com and check us out there and see and listen in if you haven't yet but um, in my rewatch I think that I prefer Jumanji best I don't need of Robin all three? Williams. Yeah, I don't need Robin Williams to Robin Williams because I don't know. It's, it's, this movie's like entertaining and I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I feel as though there's just like, there's like a lot of heart in this movie and young Kirsten Dunst does a good job. And I just felt like this is like, it's a fun movie that I feel like there's no point where it really drags. Like, I feel like okay, there's. That's fair. And I don't like want to get on the animation's case because it's like not its mm. fault. It's from 1995. And well, I mean, we should just be grateful that they, they weren't using like little freaking. Puppets or like those things that you see in Walt Disney World That like the presidents are made out of Where it's like little animatronic Shits I like like, there's only
3: so much You can do about the CGI right and that Doesn't ruin a movie for me bad CGI Won't ruin a movie for me And you're right you are accurate I Don't feel like there was a point where I was Like looking at my watch like okay This is like kind of a moment where it's Dragging like it kept me entertained it kept Me engaged the whole time It's more just like I guess what I want to revisit this movie over those other two, like which movie, if you laid Jumanji hook and Mrs. Doubtfire in front of me and you chose me to pick a movie to watch for the night, Jumanji Mm. wouldn't be my pick. And I do, I do think it's a good movie. Like, I'm not trying to say it's not a good movie. I just think that like, it's not the one I'm going to pick. And it's probably also, it's not necessarily the movie's fault. The genre for me, adventure films aren't my go-to like, comedy is always my go-to and so that's why i think that jumanji Mm. is not the movie that i would pick of those three um even though the actors i feel like did a good job the the plot is okay the one major gripe i have with the plot is the whole time travel thing it seems a bit unnecessary why can't we just leave it where we are you know like why can't they just stay in the time that they end in you know what i mean like why do we have to go back
2: Yeah, I mean, that's an element that just, like like I said, it means that there's no stakes to this game. This means, like, before the time jump back, I would say I would never fucking touch this game with a 10-foot pole. But if it's like, hey, Sarah, you can play this game, but your house is not going to get fucked, and there's not going to be any, like, Consequences, then yeah, like pass over the game, like why not? Like you know, it you know it's fake because so like why not play? Because you know you the terror right might be real, but ultimately it's all fake. Your house is gonna just like look crazy, but then it's just gonna all go back. So if there's no stakes, then yeah, there's then yeah,
0: Sarah, you 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 said that you don't think that this game is trying to murder you i would argue that this game is trying to murder you and that's the sticks don't die yeah because <laughs> we don't
3: know that i mean what where's the proof that it's not gonna actually kill you we don't know that like if if little peter gets pulled in by the vine into the red flower who knows what's happens right if he gets crushed by a fucking elephant during the stampede it doesn't matter know.
2: because you jump back into the future into the past anyway but if you so die what if you if die here, during the game? game it doesn't because your sarah would theoretically or whoever you're playing with will keep playing and then the game will finish you'll call jumanji and it's gonna go back i feel but like what if... i i feel like the fact that <laughs> the time <laughs> travel is the one thing that like just ruins the whole, so the, whole, the, whole so what, the whole premise. so okay so
3: what happens if okay so fair enough for the kids right because the kids aren't even born yet
2: yeah but who cares like they're not they're like not even embryos at that and point. you're saying that if sarah or
3: alan Die in that moment, and everybody keeps playing the game
0: even though they die. Then
3: it'll go go back. back. But then Sarah, you're saying Sarah would just be alive again, even if she died. No, they
0: beat the the game. This game waited 26 years for Alan to be trapped in it. And he like they didn't finish the game. my god this yeah. is this is hilarious. I feel like we could talk about this for like two, yeah, two no, I think hour. that we need to talk about the
2: game mechanics because I thought the game mechanics were very well thought out.
3: They're, they don't make any sense. There's what no game mechanic. About? There's no game mechanic the whole I love game. The game I mechanics to, I they make so up, much sense to uh, me no, because it's oh my God, no, I would have to pull out my old game of Jumanji that's probably at my parents' house. but like this game, literally all you're doing is rolling dice. And that's it. And you roll dice and bad things happen. Like, I guess so, the whole yeah, point of the game is like, to get to the end. That's all yeah, the point of like the game trouble. is.
2: It's like trouble. It's like trouble. Trouble is the dumbest game ever. <laughs> I know. It's like trouble, but, like, hallucinations occur so it's like, okay, it makes a lot of sense. Because, like, all these things keep happening and you just keep rolling. You just have to get to the middle ball and call Jumanji. So isn't the whole Very game, simple and premise. Isn't the
3: whole game, Naomi, then? All you have to do is get the four people locked in a room and you all just... Okay, shake, roll
0: the dice. Okay, hurry, pick them up. Shake, roll the dice. Yes, like, yes, yes. That is my big problem with movies like that. All... Well, I wrote, Jumanji a good depiction of what it's like to get your drunk friends to finish a board game. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it, it such a mess. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I was thinking while I'm watching this, is like, if they would just be, like, really focused on what's going on and, like, pick up the dice, roll it, pick up the dice, throw yeah. it again, then you could feasibly make it through the game. I do think that part of it is supposed to be that you're going to find the courage to overcome these obstacles. But that kind of brings me to like my issue with the movie is I don't think that they really overcome any actual obstacles
2: right because
0: um, I do agree with you Sarah that like once it all poof goes away and time goes back it does lose some of the danger. That is just kinda out there inherently with like elephants running loose in a in a broken New yeah. Hampshire town. Oh and you know um, what I, you know what else
3: is like the big issue here is the only like moral of the story beyond like finish what you start is that like we're supposed to like because Alan is like, I hate you. I'm never going to talk to you again, to his dad, like, before all this happens. And then when he goes back to, like, that, you know, the, the the 60s or whatever timeline. And he, like, he's like, oh, dad, I'm so happy you're back. I love you. No, his dad was a fucking asshole, like, five minutes ago. And was going to send him away to boarding school. Like, he's kind of a piece of fucking shit. And, like, I feel like Alan shouldn't have to apologize. Because guess what? He's a fucking kid. And kids say they hate their parents. That's what fucking kids do.
2: I don't even think that that's what it is. I think it's like the moral of the story is to conquer your fears and Alan stop being a little bitch because (laughs) it's like he's like, oh, no, like I'm like a kid that gets bullied. Like everybody picks on me and my dad is hitting
3: him. That's legit.
2: Like that's like a mob just beating up him up. I know, but then he, like, deals with all this shit in the jungle, and then here, and he has to be a leader, so then, like, when he goes back, he remembers how courageous he was, and it's like, okay, so now Alan's not going to be a little pussy, because it's like, instead of dealing with, like, five 12-year-olds, he has to, had to deal with, like, a like a, a, a hunter guy and, like, lions, so now he's going to come back and not be a pussy,
3: Yeah, well, wait till what happens till fucking Billy finds out that Alan's dating his girlfriend. He's going to beat the shit out of him even more. (laughs)
2: That's very true. Very, very true. (laughs)
3: Poor Alan. Like, I just don't agree with what the moral of this story is even supposed to be. And you know what? You know what movie I want to see? I want to know what the fuck happens to Alan in those 25 years that he's trapped in fucking Jumanji.
2: Well, that's why I guess, Naomi, in the sequel, you get to go into the game. Oh, you do?
0: Oh, okay. Okay. Not so much. Here's how the sequel oh. works. Jumanji is now a video game. Oh, Okay, I hate it. Uh, look, I don't know why, <laughs> but it's a video game.
2: Because so, kids don't play board
0: games anymore. Correct. So, part of what happens is you get to go into the video game. Now, yes, you get to go into this jungle environment and you're sort of traipsing through worlds. And it is like Jumanji where like, you got to keep going forward. Um, I saw this when it came out. So this is like three years ago at this point. But Um, what I do think is funny is that they have, like, sort of these four, I think they're in, like, detention or something, these kids, and then they get sucked into the game, and then they're put into the characters of The Rock, Kevin Hart, Karen Gillian, and Jack Black. And so, like, there's sort of these jokes about, like, how, like, the big jock dude is in, like, Jack Black's body or, like, Kevin Hart's body and stuff like that. But I do think that the story is interesting because I think I – I can't remember fully, but, like, it is, like, all right, hang on. I got I to gotta Google search this now because I'm, like, forgetting all the main <laughs> plot points of this movie. But I will say that, like, yeah, they get to go into the video game, and they do a lot of fun stuff with, like, being in the video game. Mm-hmm. And I, I have to say that I, I did enjoy it very much when I watched it. I just, I guess if we did see him
3: in the board game, it probably would read very much like, like, uh, what's it called? Like, Tarzan. Like it probably would be very too close to Tarzan and maybe that's why like we didn't get to see any of that. Or maybe they wanted it to be a mystery.
2: Yeah. Um, and there wouldn't even be any Phil Collins singing some bops, so yeah. is mm-hmm. it even worth it? Yeah. So Nami, while you go look into the plot, why don't we cut to our commercial our commercials or ad breaks? Yeah. Let's and do it. we'll come right back. And we're back. Uh, Naomi, did you figure out the plot?
0: Did, do we have it? Do we understand now? Yes, I'm I'm, I'm reading it through. So, like, they basically, like, oh, wait, is this the sequel? No, hang on. I got to find <laughs> one. Hang on. I, okay. There it is. I was like, okay. wait, I'm reading So, So I knew that didn't make
2: sense. Okay. <laughs> I, I'll, 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 one more thing about the game mechanics. I like how it calls you out for cheating because yes. I hate it when people cheat in board games especially children i was once babysitting for pretty pretty princess a kid we were playing pretty pretty princess and she cheated and i was so mad and i wish she got turned into like a gremlin troll oh instead God. of winning pretty pretty princess you do not you do not cheat in board games it pisses me off so i would like that the game has consequences how about that
3: it's very intense But I don't disagree with the cheating notion, but being turned into like a monkey or a gremlin seems like a bit of a
2: really, really harsh punishment. There should be consequences. I hate line cutters and I hate cheaters.
3: (laughs) I thought you said lion cutters
0: at first, and I was like, what?
2: Line cutters. I hate line cutters.
0: Yeah. Okay, so I found the correct Wikipedia page because I figured it out. So basically uh there it has a similar storyline where like a kid is sucked into the video game world and is sort of left uh left there mm-hmm. he it's, he joins us, like a one-player game and he gets stuck in the video game world because somebody like unplugs it or something like that crazy and then these four other kids join the game and then they have to rescue him and get him out they don't they didn't even realize that that's the game that they were playing but then they get him out and um in the end, it has the same conclusion where, like, the guy's like, actually, I got to go back in time and, like, got to live up my life and see my family. Um, so, Sarah, you would hate it. But it is a good movie. And, like, every character gets their own emotional growth. Uh, Nick Jonas is in it, and he looks great. Like, it's a good movie.
2: Where can this be found? Because, I mean, I had to I – th- I thought that this anyway. movie that Jumanji was on Disney Plus – apparently it's only on, like, Disney Plus in Canada or some BS – where where can we find Jumanji two thousand no Jumanji ni- Welcome
0: to the Jungle? Let's find out. Nineteen um, or 20, 2017,
2: I think
3: is
0: what it was. Yes, Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle. Uh seems like Hulu and Amazon. I don't know. Probably not a lot of places. Yeah. Is what it looks like. But I will say that like uh if you don't watch this movie, that's fine. But I still maintain that Jumanji, this rewatching this movie. It was not as good as you think. Like, I just want everyone to challenge the idea that the the movies from a childhood are not as good as you think they are. Yeah. And this is a prime example.
3: I think it's, I think what it is, is if you break it down, I think it's a fun, action y type of adventure movie that the plot just doesn't really, like, connect all the dots with, right? Like, I think if you don't think too hard about it, you can enjoy it. But I also just feel like any ki- kid under the age of, like, 12 or 13 shouldn't probably be watching this movie because they'll be traumatized. <laughs> There's so oh, many yeah. things you could be scared of in this film, right? Like, the gun control alone, let me tell you, that guy was able to get an assault rifle way too
0: easily. <laughs> like, where's the background Very problematic. Check people
2: very proud oh that god, one was proposals? very problematic nice. not good yeah
0: oh my god yeah and oh
2: god. um uh giving him money so that he could um gloss over all the proper paperwork and background like whatever yes that- and it
3: was like gold coins like bitch, what even is this like why would the guy accept that are they actual legit gold coins mm-hmm. Maybe also can I ask you both um, When you were children Did you realize that The same guy who played Alan's dad Was the guy who was like the gun guy Van Pelt No oh.
0: Wait I, what can, do you mean wait, I don't even didn't... know that now what? Oh no
2: That's the best part of this movie Isn't that wild What, are you? what? What are you talking about? Jonathan
3: Hyde, who is the guy who plays Sam Parrish, who is the owner of the shoe factory and Alan's dad, is the same actor who plays Ben Pelt, the hunter. Now, I don't know if this is like why they did this, if this is supposed to be another like moral of the story or like some kind of weird, creepy, like, um, I don't know, like uh, Oedipus type of complex situation here but or Oedipal complex whatever it doesn't matter the point is that it's fucking weird and i don't know why they did this and i couldn't find any reason why they did this (laughs) is it that was in the book
0: or something i know well not really but i think what this is is very similar to how like the dad and peter plan usually ends up in captain hook is it's this idea of the uh the harsh male figure. I think yeah. it's just a creative choice. And I love it. I actually think it's one of the best choices of the movie is, is the harsh male figure in the main character's life um, becomes an even more exaggerated and even more sort of villainous character. And it is about him overcoming it. Although I would argue that this movie fails to have Alan really confront the, the hunter in like a meaningful way. Like it never really feels like he actually sort of beats him except for just rolling the dice and getting jumanji but that's not satisfying realistically in the story and you know dumping some paint on him isn't really like defeating him but i think from an artistic choice of like yeah the hunter is the dad and it's all about like uh fighting your demons that's cool it still doesn't work fully for me but you know it was there
2: as somebody who is taking this as new information i feel like this is genius (laughs) <laughs> nobody told me this i didn't know they look yeah. different it's makeup i don't know
3: so i it's found fascinating online, i googled it and it says as noted above both samuel and Vin pelt are played by the same actors the reason for this is fairly straightforward and it is all to do with alan
2: it's yes
1: like, i i think that makes so, so I guess he sense.
3: he's like He's afraid of his father in the very beginning, which makes sense, right? Like his dad yells at him. He doesn't admit to being the one that puts the shoe on the conveyor belt. So he always has that fear of him. And so he takes that fear with him into the game of Jumanji. And Mm -hmm. it stays with him and it kind of takes form, takes the form of this hunter guy who's, like, the ultimate villain. And not only that, but, like, to me, the hunter is insanely, like, one-dimensional, right? Like, he, we know nothing about him beyond he has a gun and he's going to kill Alan. And that is, like, his entire personality. So it's pretty much, like, fear incarnate, you know? So I guess it makes sense I never realized it as a kid I feel like if this is supposed to be a kids movie which I guess it was supposed to be that probably should be spelled out a little more clearly because the act that they do a really Mm -hmm. good job with disguising him because I never would have known unless I saw it in like the IMDB stuff because he has like blonde hair a mustache like a hat Mm -hmm. like there's so much going on that it would be really tough to notice.
2: For me, it kind of reminds me, uh, and this movie was referenced in Jumanji, but Wizard of Oz, like the Scarecrow, and mm. isn't even like the Wicked Witch, yeah. um, her neighbor that like wants to. Oh like, yeah, steal they, they all have real, like,
0: besides the aunt and uncle, they all have real life characters Exactly. So it,
2: I feel like this is kind of a reflection of Wizard of Oz because I don't know the monkeys and which the monkeys in Jumanji. started like imitating the monkeys from the Wizard of Oz and now that we're here on the monkeys I just want to take like my personal stance that I fucking hate monkeys in all capacities (laughs) like I hate monkeys I don't like the animal I don't trust them they're always full of they're full of fuckery and I don't have time for that energy in my life and I don't want to see a monkey for the rest of my life they are tricky little bastards, and I don't like monkeys. They're always trying to fuck some shit up. Um, so how do you
0: feel about the 60s band, the monkeys?
2: Trash, too. Oh my word. Wow. No monkeys. And every single time I wrote wow. monkeys as in the plural in my notes, it kept auto-correcting to the monkeys, the band. So not helpful. Not helpful. I hate monkeys. And... The only monkeys I kind of think are cute are like those little miniature like finger monkeys. Those little oh, finger little monkeys. monkeys. I have no time in my life for any other monkey. And I just want to put You're it a out fan there of those
0: like weird little crafty bastards. I don't know. I love a I love like a monkey that knows sign language. That's my favorite. I don't
2: trust them. They're so rude. They're like <laughs> destroying kitchens left and right, smashing into cop cars. Like I, I like stealing stuff at all costs. Like I've so never seen a that, movie. That
0: their disrespect for the police is kind of re- like kind of something that we we like to see. So they're onto yeah, something. Yeah. But they're like taking me. over all the
3: cop cars. They're like, defund the police bitches. <laughs> tell for 16 me a years movie. early to this
2: movement. <laughs> tell me one movie that a monkey is a good guy. What about Dunstan Checks In? Um,
0: MVP Most Valuable Primate? Also like, that. Who, who skateboards? Like, come on. I don't know. Like I don't trust it.
2: I don't trust them. i rather. I well, no. I, the, the mosquitoes, I, I hate mosquitoes. I talk about mosquitoes all the time, how I hate mosquitoes. Oh, so so I don't want the mosquitoes. But give me the spiders I was gonna over say, the monkeys. What's, what's
3: the – let's list the, the, like, plagues that happen, and you have to pick one. So – the first yeah, this thing is like that happened Passover,
0: but worse. <laughs>
3: <laughs> um. So we have we start out with the bats, right? I think the bats were the first thing. Bats are kind of yes. cute, but we don't want to get sucked into the game. We obviously. don't want we don't want
2: the bats. No. Um.
3: Then you have the giant yeah, mosquitoes, the, the lion,
2: mm-hmm.
3: the giant spiders, the the quicksand, an earthquake, a stampede, the
2: monsoon.
3: The, the plants.
2: I'll the tell you what's the best one. The plants is the best one Girl. because I'm about four months away from my house looking <laughs> like the parish's house <laughs> with the amount of plants. She's not
3: <laughs> lying. She's not even oh, lying. No. But you don't want one that's going to pull you in with its freaking vines.
2: My Monstera's, her, um, its aerial roots was growing so much that when the aerial roots started growing underneath the baseboards and I had to yank it out forcefully oh so God. it wouldn't go into the floor. Um, so I'm there.
0: How about like... Uh... I think the vines actually are the ones that I would pick as well Because they're the easiest to defeat You just have to get like an axe or like a sword And you just kind of can chop them up right Like they're the easiest to I mean, sort of defend yourself I against. think
3: I disagree completely and I choose bats Because all you have to do is open a window and a door And you're done And that's it Bats
2: are kind of cute They have cute faces Until they hiss at
3: you And that is a thing that happens Although I will say the thing about bats that's not great Is that like once they find like a home Like a little space they come mm. back to it. So, like, the only way to get rid of them is to try to... When we, when I was a kid, we had a bat in my parents' house. And it, like, got in because there was a screen that had a hole. And so it snuck in and it would go, like, in between the screen and the glass. um, And kind of, like, lived there. And so my dad, cool. he trapped it and he tried to bring it, like, 20 miles away and release it, hoping it would, like, get the hint. And that bitch flew all the fucking way back to my parents house (laughs) and my dad told me that it lived and it like didn't come back because what he ended up doing was killing it because it wouldn't stay away from the house because like it just wouldn't go away like it just kept coming back so I guess bats might not be the answer now that I think about it. after all that maybe bats are not the one (laughs) but I, I don't know like what I guess the spiders. I think I would pick the spiders. I feel like they're easy enough to kill.
0: I have to say, the lion was pretty okay. Here's the thing: the if your house is going to get put back together afterwards, the the lion like just chilled out after you locked it into a yeah. room, which it shouldn't have. It could get through that door, and then the stampede just kind of ran through town. But like, but you it know, Once a they lot were in your house, they were someone else's problem. Yeah, no, right. Just, as we know, because there are no stakes, according to Sarah, everything will just be rectified and go back to normal.
2: Doesn't matter. It yeah. truly doesn't matter. Like, I mean, I do have questions about, like, the fact that the mosquitoes were, like, biting or stinging people all over town so that, like, random people like the real estate agent, yes. like, passed out and, like, crashed her car. Do you
3: think she's perma-dead or do you think she comes no, back? No,
2: nobody life? is permanently dead in this okay. game. Right. i'm i'm yeah, very but, convinced but,
0: well i i think that's fair but then i also think it's like so she got stung did she remember getting stung does anybody else remember what happened to them but but the two like adults now I, kids again i
3: think it's just the two is what we're supposed to understand but like why the fuck are they so goddamn special that they get to remember everything and nobody else does
0: yeah exactly. I
3: mean
2: okay the time travel is Very shoddy I mean Who
3: remembered there was time travel in Jumanji Not me beyond going to the few different Timelines like I did not yeah. fucking remember any of this Like we need to have a time Timeline Timekeeper. time travel Specialist on yeah. to tell us What the fuck is going on with this and if it's possible Cause I'll this tell is you
2: some Owen Wilson shit. Is not pleased with all of these Different timelines going on <laughs> He's I like, would
3: never have guessed you to make a fucking
2: Marvel. We gotta get the timekeepers in podcast. to fix the main timeline. <laughs> oh no, not this! Not this! Oh
3: no. Um. Yeah, maybe I. Th- I still think I would choose the spiders, though, if I'm gonna pick one. I think it would be the spiders or the mosquitoes because they seem the easy way. enough to kill. Oh uh, yeah,
2: no, I'm going for the plants.
3: You know what you need to get is one of those like zappy, like fly yep. swatters, and the little tennis those...
2: racket thing. Um. Mm-hmm. I also like and I do not remember this as a kid that Sarah was and Alan full on were like at first mad at each other when we're in the we when they first meet because Alan's pissed that she didn't finish the game. He's like, all you needed to
3: do was roll a five or eight. And she's like, bitch, bats were all up in my fucking grill. I had <laughs> you just disappeared
0: into a fucking game. Yeah, I was who's, out. Whose side are you on in this argument? Oh, Sarah's. But fuck Sarah's you, Alan, you main complaint?
3: Into a video uh, board game. Like, what the fuck is she supposed to do?
2: Sarah's main complaint in all of this is nobody came to my 14th birthday party. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I feel as though her That's points go Alan. way That's down that for that.
0: Just roll the dice, bitch. Just, just roll, roll the
2: also,
3: dice. You're on Alan's side that she should have just yeah. rolled them.
0: Yeah you know obviously it can happen because that impacts the movie because then it would just be a two player game but like you should have just rolled the dice See I feel like it's so traumatized First of all she's what
3: like 12 You're having bats all up in your fucking face Your friend just disappeared into a fucking board game She's 13 Whatever I want to know where she goes after that happens Like because she says that she told the police That he disappeared into the board game Like she said that she told the police that So I want to know like where does she go Does she run home and she's like My friend Alan just got sucked into a board game
2: Yeah and then her whole life is ruined because nobody came to her 14th birthday party. <laughs> and then oh, she no. has to become a psychic because nobody oh, takes her no. credit anymore. Just move out of that
3: town, Sarah. Get the fuck out of there. What are you yeah. doing? Also,
2: also, she's an astrologer because she points out that the way, the reason why Alan is acting the way he is is because he's a Libra. Did you catch that I line? I did
3: catch that line. What does that tell us? Do you think he's a Libra?
2: I can't tell because he, I don't know, he's so traumatized. Mm. Uh, I don't know. He doesn't seem very charismatic. And he doesn't (laughs) seem like he wants to see both sides of the situation. So I don't know how Libra he is. Hmm. Naomi,
0: what is your sign? I'm a Sagittarius. (gasps) Yeah.
2: Oh, you didn't know that she's a very, she's absolutely a fire sign. How oh, dare you not yeah. realize?
0: Me, me and I, there me are and three fire Frank signs. Been... Who's who's the third fire is, sign? Like, she, what I love about being friends with Kirsten is she'll post all the Sagittarius memes, and I can just look at them and be like, "Oh, that's so me," and I'll never have to seek them out because she'll always share them.
2: <laughs> yeah, she's providing. She's always providing the the juice that's for sure (laughs) he's
0: always providing to me
3: thank you yeah (laughs) i don't know if i don't know if alan is a libra i mean i guess i can kind of see it but like he does seem kind of like an air sign
2: i don't know i mean the things that we know about alan is that he doesn't want to throw a punch when he's a kid
3: Mm -hmm. that that tracks with a libra libra's aren't really and
2: he doesn't know how to shave.
3: That just means he didn't ever learn how to shine. <laughs> <doesn't mean> <laughs> <laughs> astrological sign. He does seem like a loner. Um, he doesn't seem to have many friends beyond Sarah when he's a kid. Yeah, I want to know like how a that sign friendship. Of
0: being a, a Libra. It's no, like that no, I'm just like saying he's a loner, creep. Like,
3: what? no, I'm just saying I don't think he's a fire sign because of that. Ah, mm. ah is Libra? I, I... Libra's okay. an air sign. Yeah, Libra <laughs> is an air sign. I could see that being correct
2: um i can also see him as like a cancer um but i don't know yeah because he just wants to stay home and he doesn't want to go to the fancy boarding school yeah that's more of a tourist family
0: all right yeah
2: it's like hello you want to go to the fancy boarding school so that you can basically just walk into harvard afterwards why doesn't he want
3: to leave like he doesn't have any friends and he keeps getting beat up like because he wants to to stay with his mommy i guess that's fair
0: but yeah, like this I have to say the one thing that we hadn't really talked about is well we talked about it a little bit but like just how fucked up his parents are. Like you you gotta be honest here, like his parents like deserve to have their kid run away from them. Like if, if this movie was just that, like, they handed him a brochure and were like, we're sending you to boarding school, but you have to go to this fancy party first, like, you would honestly be like, he was justified in running away and just leaving these horrible things. Yeah, it's all. kind of Eating
3: awful for dinner. them to drop that on him as they're leaving. Yeah. They're like, okay, hey, gotta go. See ya.
2: He's like, um, I I like how it's like, okay, you have to eat dinner by yourself, like, at the kitchen, um, at the dining room table that's, like, 12 feet long. <laughs> Like With the candlesticks <laughs> like Ridiculous
3: Yeah no it is ridiculous Um, poor, poor Alan I don't know I still feel worse for Sarah I think throughout the whole movie even though Alan has it really Bad too they both have it bad like we don't I guess the reason I don't have as much sympathy For Alan is that we don't really know what he went Through when he was I guess he's dressed like Tarzan so how did he Even learn how to like be an Adult human being you have
2: to teach yourself And he was probably in Cub Scouts
3: What? Alan was a Cub Scout.
2: Oh yeah, he was definitely a Cub Scout (laughs) or like like an Eagle Scout. So he probably that's how he probably learned how to like all of his survivalist things.
0: Yeah, (laughs) I I will say that's actually something the movie could have improved on. Again, is like you know I I know Alan talked about it a little bit, but like if we really had like a moment where like Alan really revealed like what he went through in the jungle like and you know he had some heart-to-hearts with like the young son and stuff but like i I feel like we didn't get enough of like how dramatic it was to be in the jungle and like i I feel like we we could up the robin williams on screen to like 90 percent and like Mm -hmm. have a perfect movie you know
2: right yeah like we reference it's kind of like they show how like how hit how how His dad treated him affected him where he starts like getting on poor little Peter's case about like also not being like a quote unquote man um, and stepping up um, because he's like, you know, he's very hard on him and it's because his dad was hard on him. So we can see how like his parenting affected him, but we don't see how the last 26 years affected him.
0: Hmm.
3: Yeah, no, I agree with that. Like I was getting really upset with Alan when he was getting on um getting on no. uh getting on Peter. Pe- Thank
2: you, Peter's case about like yeah. why didn't you grab the book? It's like because this kid is traumatized. He's Cuz he's a fucking monkey
3: dude. Like calm the fuck down if you were a fucking he monkey. You just started talking.
2: Yeah, he just started talking for the first time in like 6 yes. months, like 7 hours ago. Yes. Ugh. Um
3: no I, I didn't like that part either um, But really? I think like here's the thing This movie is fine Is it as I remembered it Not particularly I feel like I had fonder memories of it than I did returning to it Whereas I feel like Mrs. Doubtfire I enjoyed a lot Even through some of the more like problematic things That we discussed in that film And if I were to if you like came up to me tomorrow and said you have to pick one of these movies to rewatch it would be Mrs. Doubtfire over Hook and Jumanji because first of all Hook as much as it's a good movie and it's a classic it's also like real fucking long and like I'm never in the mood to sit down to like a two and a half hour movie like most days
2: like it's a struggle. Right. Yeah. I like famously, I was just like, yeah, Bicentennial Man is like the longest movie ever. It was like shorter than Hook. It's like, Hook. I love Hook, though. I love all these movies. That's the, That's the thing. Like that, like, you know, every single time we come on with a Robin Williams movie, I'm like, this one's my favorite one. Yeah, like, so I feel like there are no bad movies. But I think it's a great point that was made that perhaps this is a movie that Robin Williams was in, and not a Robin Williams movie,
0: and this is why Flubber was robbed is so important to me because we could have watched Flubber, and Flubber would have been a absolute trip. I think I what we're learning is
3: that we eventually will need to cover Flubber because Naomi and I are both very upset that it was not
2: covered. Look, the Flubber crew did not come out they I, could have have stepped I voted up. for it.
3: I voted for Flubber in my own poll, and I'm not afraid to say it.
2: but then you didn't campaign hard enough for it like i
0: didn't know i had naomi
2: tried she tried to roll out the flubber crew they just didn't come
0: Chappelle kind of shot me down a little bit with that it's fine i'll forgive them one day
2: We'll we'll get back to it so yeah at the end of the movie nothing it mattered we get this creepy christmas party as we were talking before they stop their parents from taking that ski trip where they got into the car crash and um oh yeah and they like dumped the game before that and then it shows Chicago. up on
3: some like beach like I in feel a like foreign the thing
2: country is,
3: set that bitch on fire dude like what the, it's, it's a wooden it, it just get rid of it with with
0: abandon what cover like, it, gotta it cover it in gasoline Light a fucking lighter boom done put that in like a dumpster or something like get rid of that yeah and
2: still okay. no note
0: i no, like, do not open weird. i'm
2: serious don't play yes. this game It's fucked up you'll get the mm-hmm. spooks yep
3: yep um but yeah again i think this is a fun movie i don't think it's for children as advertised um and i wouldn't nope. watch it in the near future um but it was fine it was good it was a serviceable film and i wasn't i'll, I'll
2: watch it again later
3: <laughs> it was so
2: This movie it was good
3: well I'm glad you did and I hope Any of the listeners who Rewatched it also liked it and If you are gonna get on us Like Naomi said about it go Watch it refresh your memory Because I feel like we we Poked some holes Mm. into some of The plot issues that surround This movie
2: I say if you have A problem with it come back Next September and vote for The next four or two movies um, For Robin Williams appreciation month How about that
3: well we will yeah we could always Do another Robin well let's let, let's Find out from the listeners if they'd like another Robin Williams appreciation month because I Really like it and there's still a ton of Robin Williams Films out there from the 90s that we could Cover like I mean ja- we have Jack and Flubber to begin with and then there's a million Other ones
2: yeah No I, right. I'll cover all of them
3: Naomi, what do you think do you think another Robin Williams Month is a good idea next year
0: I think, you know, the Robin Williams month is a great idea. I also think uh, maybe just to drive Sarah nuts, uh, a, a movie that's just uh, a month. That's just movie starring monkeys would be great. Um, <laughs> anything month. that you guys can do. <laughs> do I, you know, think she you hates the, the
2: most. I don't hate. I hate monkeys more than I hate dinosaurs.
0: <laughs> And I also the dinosaurs already died. You don't need to hate them; they're gone. And no, I don't (laughs) hate
2: dinosaurs. It's just a bad rumor. (laughs) I said a dinosaur shirt with stupid watercolor is not timeless. That's what I said. It got all misconstrued. (laughs) So stupid. Just never Yeah, yeah. This joke will never die, unlike the dinosaurs. It
3: never will. Um, well, I think, I mean, I don't have anything else to say on Jumanji. Do either of you have anything else to add about this, uh, this 1995 classic?
0: The only thing I have to say is that the Christmas look from Judy in the end is a serve and that's it. That when she up with the Christmas and her hair is all curled and she's got the little frills. It's a serve. It's a shame her parents died because before they were dressing her lovely. (laughs)
3: <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um. All right. I know, Sarah. You wanted to mention one other thing, just because it is Robin Williams Appreciation Month, and we're kind of doing this like in his memory to an extent. Um. Like, cause he had a lot of famous classic 90s films, and we talked a little bit about um, in Mrs. Doubtfire kind of like talking about his memory and kind of how his death affected us. Um, but Sarah, I know you wanted to plug um, some some hotlines and stuff for people to check out.
2: Right, I just wanted to point out how... Um important mental health is. Um, I wanted to provide the National Suicide Prevention uh, Lifeline 1-800-273-8255 for the U.S. Um, Robin Williams is extremely interesting because he brought joy to so many people and he was always known to make people laugh. He was always known to be in a great mood and he was always known to be like the life of the party, essentially. However, We didn't know um, what was going on below the surface. And I think that is a very interesting point that a lot of people that suffer with mental health issues um, are dealing with it on their own. Um, So I just encourage you to. Ask your friends, ask your family that seem strong and seem like, you know, nothing's phasing them or bothering them. Just ask if they're all right. You know, it, it, it's it's always nice to like hear from your friends and just be like, hey, like what's going on with you? I implore you to give that a go because some of the strongest people are the ones that are suffering the most. So I just wanted to bring that up. Um and just a, another appreciation of, of how incredible he is and I feel like how many lives Robin Williams changed. Mm-hmm. And if only he was around today, I feel as though he would have continued doing incredible things. So mm-hmm. I just wanted to say that and let him know that I appreciate him for all that he gave my childhood. And I appreciate all the movies that I keep saying are my favorite movie i'll probably continue saying it's my favorite movie
3: (laughs) yes thank you so much sarah that's it's a great thing to point out i think that like as much as robin williams makes us smile and makes us laugh we don't we don't ever know what's going on underneath the surface of people um so always good to just remind them that you care about them um this was this was so much fun this is such a joy to talk about this I honestly didn't expect this podcast to go in any of the directions it went in after watching the movie though it makes sense that those are the that was the direction it was going to go in because it was truly a wild movie to cover <laughs> Naomi thank you so much for being a trooper and getting through Jumanji even though we both wanted you to be talking about Flubber
0: Guys, thank you for having me. You guys are wonderful, amazing podcasts and so nice. And I'm so glad that I could be here with you on this journey. And anyone who might be upset by my opinions, go ahead and at me, and I'll ignore you. <laughs> yes.
3: Where can people find you? What do you have going on? Where can they listen to you more?
0: Okay, there's, there's a lot going on, and I, I did a pretty jet, bad job on the Rewind plugging myself. So, one, uh, I was on the RTP Rewind recently, which was uh, so much fun, but also, two, uh Felipe has the Brazilian Dragon Podcast, and he and I do the Neo movies every month where we talk about a new movie. We just did Stuart Little, which is also an unhinged movie from the 90s that people should watch um, and remember that it's actually bad. Uh, I also cover, uh, so there's a game called Survivor New York, a live reality game that I produce, but we also talk about it on the podcast network of live reality games. And more importantly, I guess you can follow me on Twitter at Yomi Calhoun. Um, I'm dumb and not fun. But if you want to follow me there, you can. What a plug. I'm dumb and not fun, but follow me. <laughs> Amazing. Well
3: setting I'm setting people's expectations low. It's so <laughs> good. That way you'll exceed them when they follow you and they're like, Wow, this this girl's neither dumb and she's a fun. <laughs>
2: Uh Sarah, what do we
3: uh what do we have coming up here on Shit Ninety Shows Taught Me?
2: Yeah, um, of course, September was a really busy month for us in terms of bonus content. We started off the month with our one-year anniversary podcast, which was the 90s snack bracket. We followed up with Mrs. Doubtfire with the Hold Up Podcast, um, with Grace and Hudson. And then of course, you're listening to our Jamunji coverage. Upcoming for October, we are celebrating Halloween. So we have two Halloween movies coming up for you. Uh, last year, we covered um, Halloween Town because uh, it's such a classic movie. And we you want to talk about a movie that we shot on? That we is shot so hard on we got, that movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we're, we're coming back strong with Halloween Town 2. Just... Just the family, just me and you, Jess I know because that was kind of like Very, very early on
3: In our podcasting together Like that had to be, I have to look back But we couldn't have done more than like 10 podcasts Before we podcasted about that
2: Yeah, it was um, very early
3: on So I'm ex- I might listen to it because I'm kind of curious I mean, I'm going to have to get over like probably the bad Audio quality and like the cringiness mm. of it But I might listen back right. to it just to see our thoughts um, Before we cover Halloween Town 2 Um I I'm very excited and I hope it's just as like just as bad as Halloween Town because I can't wait to talk
2: about it Yeah me too me too Um, In addition for Halloween we are covering um, another Kirsten Dunst movie and I mentioned it before Interview with a Vampire with Sarah Carradine so we are very excited to cover that I've never seen it I haven't either
0: so I'm very excited Maybe I'll watch along with you guys That's always a movie I've always wanted to watch Yeah Mm -hmm.
2: I'm really really excited to check it out It's very very rare that we cover a movie That neither of us have seen um. So check that out That will be towards the end of October And then we still have our weekly Boy Meets World and Dawson's Creek content We are entering season 4 of Boy Meets World And season 3 of Dawson's Creek We're very, very early episodes for both of those Find us at chit Nineties Pod on Twitter and Instagram www.chit90spod.com and you can follow me at Sarah Ferguson. I am both uh, dumb and boring so um, <laughs> as well. So if you want to follow me, you can. Uh, Jess, how about you?
3: Yeah, I have a community building, as always, over at Post Show Recaps um, with Josh Wiggler. We're still growing strong there. We are in season two of community. Uh, Naomi, are you a community fan? Oh, yeah, baby. I, uh, I had that
0: post. I don't know. If you ever saw, there's a poster that like looks like a yearbook. I like bought it and I had it in my high school bedroom for years. Amazing! I, was, like, I don't know. I was, like- Yes, I love community That's awesome Yeah,
3: so we're still covering community over on Posher Recaps Uh, A lot of fun there We're in season two The best season of community You can find me on Twitter At the Jess Sterling I don't tweet a ton Every once in a while I will Um, Like when I went to a a 90s themed work event None of them know I have a 90s podcast And I tweeted some photos of the swag That I brought home from that event (laughs) Um, so go check me out there. Thank you all for listening. Thank you so much, Naomi, for joining us. We will talk to you all next time. Have a good one,
1: everybody. Bye.